Welcome! Welcome, lovely listeners, to another exciting episode of the Soccer Capital Podcast. Today, I am your host, Sean Campbell, in for the recently transferred out Mason and Mike. They are in Pennsylvania, but they did not get drafted by the Philadelphia Union. And joining me today from his studio somewhere in St. Louis metro area is a man who also did not get drafted in the MLS Super Draft. It's Chris. Chris, how are you doing this week? Yeah, you know, it's fine not getting drafted. I can totally live out of a shoebox playing in the USL. It's fine. It's fine. Oh, I mean, at least you're playing. I didn't get drafted. I didn't even get signed. So, you know, we suffer through it. Yeah. But yes, for Mason and Mike, who are out of town this week, they say hello, happy holidays. I also say happy holidays to all of you lovely listeners. Um, and without much ado, let's let's go ahead and get right into it. We have some exciting city news this week. We have the official schedule release that we didn't get to talk about last time because it dropped after we recorded. But the first city se- season schedule has been dropped via Jean Jacket. And our first ever game is officially slated to be in Austin against Austin FC on February 25th. Our first game in City Park for the MLS season will be our home opener on March 4th against Charlotte FC. And those are both very exciting matches. I'm not saying I called Austin being our first match or anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, I think I did. You you did. You can take a lap Just on give myself that. a little pat on the back. Charlotte, for the first ever home game, I think proves that, yes, the MLS does read your tweets. Uh, that or they just really want us to play all of the other expansion teams early. Get those games out of the way and get the bigger marquee games for the middle of the season. Yeah, first ever MLS game at City Park is going to be the terminally online. Oh, it's going to be fantastic! I know Matt Baker's hyped for it. He's already stoked their fan base enough, so I think the trolling's just going to continue from here. Moving along down the schedule, though, we do get three matchups against my former team SKC. Two of these games will be at City Park. Uh, The home games will be in May, on May 20th, and then again on September 30th. We play them away at Children's Mercy Park on September 2nd. So we'll be playing them twice in one month in September, and to me, that just screams September is going to be rivalry month, and you're going to see a lot of those games. I haven't quite looked at anyone else's schedules to Mm. know for sure. Um, But the reason we get a third game against Sporting is because we get an extra in-conference game Um, with 15 teams in the West and 14 teams over in the East. So things are going to be a little imbalanced. But uh, it's very exciting. Uh, Chris, do you have any games that really stuck out to you on the schedule that you're excited for? Um, You know, every potential road trip um, is looking good. So Chicago, May 13th, looks promising. We're going to have a pretty good contingent at that game, I feel. Which, um, if you look at the official away supporters section at Soldier Field, is tiny they kind of shove you up in this little corner underneath the awning so i don't know if they're gonna increase the way ticket allocations or if we're just gonna have to take over the rest of the stadium but you know there's gonna be a lot of oh yeah absolutely um my vote is to go there by train but we'll see what happens in a game that is either going to be the biggest event in st louis history or just another game Inter-Miami is coming to play uh, on July 15th. With the rumors going around the league, that could have a certain one of the best players of all time playing here. Probably not. It's The news is coming out. It looks like he's more and more likely to re-sign with PSG. But if that deal falls through and he signs with Inter-Miami, July 15th is about the right time frame for a European star to come over and start playing in America. Because that's about the time that Gareth Bale 
started playing for LA this year. So probably just another game, but it could, could be one of the wildest events in this history of St. Louis. Oh, we'll absolutely. See. Getting to see the GOAT and freshly World Cup winning Messi would mm-hmm. be fantastic. But uh but yeah, it looks like it looks like uh all the news news outlets and people that talk transfer are saying that he's in t- you know already getting ready to sign a new contract with PSG. Um and I mean even if he did sign mid-season, I I don't know if he'd be over he'd be back on the pitch in time to actually play that game. But you know, you can always keep your fingers crossed for that for sure. Going back just a touch on the Chicago game, I know there's a lot of transplants that live up there from St. Louis that are there for work and whatnot, so we could easily just start expanding out into those sideways areas and start taking over mm-hmm. more and more sections. And, you know, lots of people are willing to travel because it's Chicago. We hate Chicago because it's Chicago. The next big important date, though, is Decision Day. Our Decision Day matchup is a home game against the Seattle Sounders on October 21st. And so that is that. That's going to be the day that, for once and for all, we will know whether or not we're in the playoffs. And I, I really hope we'll still be fighting for a spot at that point. Um, it's all indications mm-hmm. are saying we're going to be fighting all season long. And I know this team is a, it's a hardworking team. It's a hardworking club. The coaches love, love that that effort that we get out of the guys. And I, I fully expect them to be pushing for a spot, if not pushing to you know have a higher spot in in the playoffs come come decision day. But we'll see. It's going to be a very exciting day, nonetheless. Yeah, expansion teams, it's, you know, it's hard to come right out the gate firing. But uh, Austin and Charlotte, both these past two years, were kind of playoff bubble teams. So, honestly, if we have a really exciting decision day win that puts us into the playoffs, that's a successful season to me. That would be... It'd be yeah, well, no one can that. expect to come out and do absolute gangbusters their first year like Atlanta or LAFC did. Um, so especially in, in these in these times when it comes to an expansion side, being able to just be relevant up until the final day is probably one of the most successful ways, successful seasons you can have. And if nothing else, that puts it, it, it we can use that as like a jumping point as a, as a setup season for next year and hopefully mm-hmm. further, further on down the line and create a, a, a good culture around the city of supporters constantly having something to look forward to because the playoffs are never out of the question. Um, that's that's exactly mm-hmm. yep. what I, where I want to be. Um, I don't want to be the start bright, but you're burning at both ends and then you're down in the basement for several years. Yeah, Austin season one barely missed the playoffs season two conference finalists yeah and we'll we'll see what season three has in store for them couple couple last notes about the season schedule we've got three games on the fox network uh one of them's on big fox two of them will be on fox sports one um sporting kc is gonna the may 20th game will be on fox sports one i believe and the galaxy game on mm-hmm. june 11th is going to be on big fox and then austin on august 20th yes will be on Fox Sports 1 again. Those will all be home games. So if you can't make it to the game, maybe you can make it to the Amsterdam or somewhere around town that'll definitely be showing the game. And if they're not, tell them to change the channel because it's a St. Louis team playing in a St. Louis bar. You can definitely get them to turn the game on. Those And I imagine there'll be plenty of bars around town with the MLS season pass that'll be showing every Oh, absolutely. Game. But if you're going to maybe not as soccer specific bar maybe a buffalo wild wings out in st charles county at least those three they'll be able to get 100 percent. and i mean it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fine most of these games they shouldn't compete too much with cardinal games um 
just because there's way more Cardinal games than there are soccer games. So mm. if you if it's a bigger game, I'm sure you can get them to change the channel. If they and if they don't, you need to find a different bar because you should be able to go to your favorite bar and watch your favorite team. But yeah, most of these games, um, like we said a, a couple weeks ago when we were talking about the schedule, but you know pre-drop. Um, Almost every single game is going to be played on a Saturday unless it has to be played on a, as a makeup day or a midweek game because of a cup tie. Um, and they'll all be at 7.30 start times. There are a few games that are 9.30 starts, and I believe those are all in the Western yeah. time zone, if I'm not mistaken, and that's why they're late. So they're 7.30 mm-hmm. local time. Yeah, our third game will be uh, March 11th, and that's in Portland. So that's 9.30 Portland, Seattle... There's a few 8.30 start times, too, because of the mountain time zone. It gets to Colorado and Salt Lake. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, but, yeah, it, 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 it seems like they're trying to do prime time at local time, which would be that 7 o'clock slot. Yeah, I think just every single game is a 9.30 or 7.30 start time, local time. So we have two 6.30 games in Toronto and Orlando. Okay, that makes that makes a lot of sense. But, yeah, those are just the big moments and, and hot, hot points that uh, stuck out to us. Chris, is there anything else that I'm missing that stuck out to you? That's about it. I just want to say I am in love with the way that they unveiled it. Uh, just a, a wonderful aesthetic to to use. That's all I'll say about that. Uh, I mean, I, I think you're a little bit biased being that, you know, you have your battle vest. A little bit. You and your punk friends show up in your <laughs> denim vests with all your patches. and eh, But, yeah. you know, a little bias never hurt nobody. Yeah, and they actually use that to tease a few really cool patches that i think are going to be able to be bought in the team store eventually not yet but sometime soon so i'm excited for those well hopefully they will be and hopefully we'll see them on your you and your friends jackets very very soon that about wraps it up for the schedule if you if we miss anything let us know on twitter join the discord and let us know what we missed on the discord always welcome to have more people in the conversation in our community over there and now I'm going to toss it over to Chris, and he's going to tell us about our experience at the MLS Super Draft. Yeah, so the MLS Super Draft this past Wednesday, which it's called the Super Draft because they combined the college draft and the reentry draft into sort of one entity. It was hosted, well, not every team was there. Every team was in their own stadium, but the broadcast was hosted out of the Michelob Ultra Lounge, temporarily rebranded to the Heineken Lounge. At it City wasn't Park. even rebranded as the Heineken Lounge. Sh- it was rebranded as the MLS Super Draft, sponsored by Heineken. Actually, it was sponsored by Adidas, but for some reason, you could only get Heineken. Yeah, I don't understand that at all. They didn't even let me. Didn't even let me have a jacket Coke. That's how strong the sponsorship is. But that's how these things work. But Sean and I, uh, actually all four of us got invited, but Sean and I were the only two that were able to go because Michael and Mason were out of town. We were there. There was a whole, just a lot of people there. Quite a few listeners were there. It was awesome to get to see them and hang out with them during the draft. And we wound up on TV a few times, I guess. Yeah, and me and my, my little sport jacket. Yeah, they cut to me right as I started stretching. I stood there looking normal for about five minutes, and then the second I start stretching, the camera yeah, that's to just me. the way she goes sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, it was a great time. Yeah. Got to see a lot of a lot of fans, a lot of people that we've seen before. Met some new people. Um, got to I got I got to prove my salt as a city supporter and joined in the booing of the SKC pick. So it is official. Oh, yeah, I am now a city fan mm. and. I think it's time to retire the blue scarves but 
We'll see. All right. Those those might come out in specific yeah. occasions. Don't hate me for it. Yeah, the woman who was hosting the TV broadcast, I didn't quite catch her name, but she looked pretty pretty concerned when we all started booing Kansas City. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think she was more concerned yeah. that uh, I hope these boos aren't getting picked up by my microphone because uh, that's going to get some hate, but eh. It's who we are. Kansas City wants the smoke. Oh so yeah, they did that it. when they when they tried to usurp our title as Soccer Capital Podcast. They brought it on themselves. Yeah, that's yeah, they're doing this on purpose. But it was a very MLS MLS Super Draft, at least from for St. Louis, because we had the number one pick, and we traded away for four hundred and fifty thousand dollars in GAM, and for the twentieth pick to Charlotte. And then we traded back up to ninth place with Seattle for $175,000 in GAM. So the end result is we moved down from first to ninth and got $225,000 in GAM. And we used that number nine pick to pick Owen O'Malley, who's a six foot tall sophomore right fielder from Creighton. Lutz said in an interview that he was always the number one choice and being able to move down and get some money out of it and just sweeten the deal. It's also been said that he can slot in at right back if needed, so that will, and that's actually the plan for him, so that'll bolster that part of the team, but I don't know if that's really been proven at a high level, or is that something we're going to have to try out at City 2 to make sure this actually works before we toss him into MLS? I don't know. The way we'll I see it, see. I don't see him, I don't see them trying him out in, in City 2 at the, at the right back position. I think... Um, I, I think we have a right back at the moment, if I'm not mistaken. We just don't have any depth at the position. So I think yeah. signing him, uh, getting get, drafting him was a good good shot because we needed some midfield. We needed some midfield presence and depth, specifically at central defensive midfielder. But we'll we'll get to that one in a moment. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, oh boy, yeah, teaser. Stick around, folks. Um, but no, I, I think the, the mention of him being able to slot in at right back is more of a depth move. Um, kind of like uh, for the U.S. men's, just to put a, an analogy on it, someone from the U.S. men's national team like Mark McKenzie can play either at central holding mid or as a center back. And it's just being able to have people in multiple slots if you absolutely need them to be for depth's sake is always a good thing. Having utility guys is always a good thing. Uh, just like having a glue guy is always a good thing. Uh, just like Josh Arrow is kind of our glue guy and may not see the field as much as I want, but I really hope he does. Yeah, and Lutz and Cardell seem very confident in this pick, and I'm inclined to trust them. Yeah, I trust the 40 chess players over over my checker-ass brain any day of the week. Yeah, and speaking of trading with the number one pick, uh, Adam and I were standing next to each other when they announced the trade, and we joked, like, okay, let's lose it cheering when they announced that there was a trade, and then the picture of us cheering for that moment made it onto the air. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> well, look at these excited fans. Like We were joking, but okay, sure. Well, I mean, for the rest of the draft, anytime there was a trade, which there were a lot of them, folks. I think it was 12 of the first 13 oh. picks were moved at least once before the draft was done. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of trades, and we always got super excited because it's like, oh, it's another trade. It was a, it was a whole thing. It kind of had to be yeah. there, but... It's normally not that much trading going on at an MLS Super Draft. Yeah, the whole first round took almost three hours. We were there oh, a yeah. long time. I think they were making more of a production out of it this yeah. year, but it happens. Yeah, and speaking of trading away picks, we did have pick number 20, but we traded it away to Austin for $50,000 in GAM. 
And what did we get with that that pick we traded away? Just the game? Um, just $50,000 in game. We didn't do, yeah, there's nothing else. We had the first pick of the second round anyway, and we used that to select John Klein, who is a five foot seven senior midfielder from SLU, and he grew up in Columbia, Missouri, but he was a part of the St. Louis Scott Gallagher Academy. And with noting, he is the third generation of his family to go to SLU. His father, also John, won two national championships with the Billigan, Billigans back in the 50s. It might have been 59-61, I didn't write it down, but it was the late 50s, early 60s, when the Billikens were winning it every single Either year. Either way, very important to have, uh, very important that we got a, a, home, a homer on the team. We got the hometown mm-hmm. boy, I can already hear the chants, it's going to be exciting. Um, yeah. He's got a history of winning behind him, he's some more depth in that central midfield role. It's going to be a very exciting pick. Uh, for sure, SLU had another really good season. They, they made a run in, into the tournament this year. Didn't go as far as we wanted them to, but that's okay. You know, you can't win them all. Yeah, stupid Memphis. And it's really cool when you get home from the draft and then you get on Facebook and you see John Klein's parents on your friend's comments. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. So he's he is – I haven't been around the St. Louis soccer team scene quite long enough to have met him, but I know plenty of people who – Knew him when he was a kid, know his parents real well, so this seems like a real good hometown pick. And I hope he has the opportunity to play minutes and really make an impact for the big team. It's, it's got to be a dream for him, so great for oh, him. Oh, absolutely. I, I know when I was growing up, I always dreamed, you know, every kid dreams uh, when they're playing sports growing up, they dream of playing for their hometown team in at, at some point in time. Mm. And I know for some of these guys, they didn't have a hometown team growing yeah. up. And now the kids growing up do have a hometown team. So we're going to see a lot more kids running around in these the city red shirts pretending that they're, you know, Edward Lovin or, you know, mm. the, the one kid who's just built different and pretends he's Roman Berkey in a city <laughs> red shirt, you know, because goalies are just they're just built different on in any sport. Yeah, I'm surprised when they announced the identity for this team. They didn't, like, take all my old FIFA save files. Look at the custom St. Louis team I made every year when FIFA came out. Well, I, you see, I think that might be a little bit of an invasion of privacy, we, and we don't yeah, want to get into that discourse. It. I would, I would have given it to him. Well, that's fair. Um, do I do want to go back just a moment? And uh, when you were talking, when you were talking about uh, John Klein's parents, it reminded me of this. I remember after we drafted O'Malley, and uh, they got an interview with him on, you know, remotely, of course, mm. and. Uh, they interviewed him and asked him what you know what he wanted to say to the fans and he he came out and he said guys I'm excited to be part of the team can't wait to get there and start joining you know be in practice and everything and dude straight up said I'm here to bring hardware to this city he's he's calling his mm-hmm. shot before he's even stepped foot in St. Louis and I you got it's there's something to be said about the fact yeah. that there's an attitude of I want to win and I'm going to do everything I can to help this team win and that's that's a very exciting a very exciting aura to bring around the team and having adding that to the fact that we already were in a championship game before we even set foot on an MLS pitch is it's, it's, it's just adding to the excitement that is ever building inside of us as fans leading up to this first season. Yeah. And given how every time Lutz gives Der Fahnenspiel, he talks about how much attitude and commitment is are important and I think that the attitude he showed in that interview is a, probably a big part of the reason why this player who wasn't on a whole lot of draft boards was Lutz and Carnell's number one choice. 
Yeah, I, I would agree with that 100%. And, uh, I mean, when you look at the draft as a whole, we walked out of it with the number one player we wanted on our wish list. He wasn't on any, on a lot of people's boards, but at the same time, nobody that we've picked or pulled together has been on anyone else's boards. They fit the system. They have the right attitude. They're going to make an impact. Um, we got a hometown boy in, in John Klein, and that's going to be exciting, and I believe he's going to fit the system. Uh, at least I'm going to trust that you know, Carnell and Fine and Steel have, have said he's going to fit the system. We ended up netting a total of 325000 in GAM. I'd say it's an absolute success in the draft. Um, but to a more important point, before we picked, or just after we picked O'Malley, I believe, uh, they got an interview with Fine and Steel, and he got a chance to give us Dare Fine and Spiel at the draft. And he said, he teased that he knew we were very, very, very low at depth at the CDM spot. But then he teased us and said, "That's it hasn't been announced yet, but there are things in the works that's going to be filling that need very soon. Yeah. And then looked back very excitedly at us as we all mm. blew up and got got very hype about it. He, uh, man, they really know how to get people excited. Oh, and exactly. Before, before we get to this exciting news, there's one last thing I need to mention, which is... As we mentioned earlier, our season opener is going to be against Charlotte. Who else wound up with a full-on TV interview besides Matt Baker? Oh, oh, of course Matt Baker had to make it on TV. Uh, I, we all said it. We all looked at it. We're like, oh, yep, there, there goes Matt Baker, yeah. and they're, they're going to interview him. It's going to happen. I wonder if the fans are satiated by the fact that we traded away our number one pick, so they got two number one picks in a row. Oh, no, never. And Baker is the part of that, but... He did a great job. He was real polished. Did a lot better than I probably would have done. If you looked at the camera, actually, I would not have done that. And just the knowledge that somewhere, somehow, in the greatest Charlotte area, at least one keyboard went through a piece chunk of drywall when Matt Baker went on screen brings a smile to my face. Yeah, and if not a keyboard, at least, you know, a smartphone went into a TV or yeah. something. It could have. It could have been that. And Matt's also just the nicest guy you'll ever meet. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, he was one of the first people that I actually met in the soccer community uh, when I went to pick up my limited edition AV scarf, of which I got the last of them. And uh, I think that's when I got his follow on Twitter was because I said, oh, I do a podcast. You should you should follow me. I had no idea who he was. And then he <laughs> followed me. And then like the next like a couple days later, Mason's like, how the hell did you get Matt Baker to follow you on Twitter? He doesn't even follow me on Twitter. And I was like, I don't know. I don't even know who the guy is. Well, now I know who Matt Baker is. So, Matt, if you're listening, pleasure to make your acquaintance. Yeah. There's no more Baker way to meet him than at a scarf collection event. Oh, absolutely. Going back, we have some very important news that we've already teased to you. It was teased to us originally by Lutz, and now we're going to get into it. We have a very huge monumental signing at the CDM slot all the way from South Africa. The Kaiser Chiefs might be Kaiser. I'm not sure, but one thing I am sure of is that we have signed this player. His name is Nyabulo Blom, and he comes all the way from from South Africa. He, we have familiarity with the club already because that was where Bradley Carnell played for a couple of seasons. This guy's going to be a very important player on the team. He put out a little video introducing himself to City. He's very excited to be here and I can't wait for him to get here and mm. join join training. Um, if you look if you just look up some of his highlights, he is very similar very similar play style to what we saw from Tyler Adams at the World Cup. And if that's the kind of player we're getting, if we're getting Tyler Adams level 
uh, a player, I'm, ooh. Yeah. all and bets are off. Everyone looks good in their highlight videos, but he looked very good in his highlight videos. Really good at coming back defensively, really good touch on the ball, and moves the ball up the field incredibly well. Fits the system like a puzzle piece. Seems very skilled and just... Like, if he just plays as well as that highlight video I watched is and plays that well consistently, he might be the key player on the team. Knowing the system we have, he is he will be the pivot from defense winning the ball back to pushing the ball back up the field. You know, you've heard that line in Durfan and Spiel so many times. We want to win the ball, we want to move it back up the field. Well, this is the guy that's going to be doing it. Yeah. Absolutely. This is this is such a key role in this in this style of play, especially with the formation that we run. Uh, you need to have a very very in tune center midfielder that can link up your lines from defense and seamlessly transition from winning the ball back and then transition it from your back line back up to your forwards, where you can cause all kinds of havoc in the midfield. Um, makes incisive passes knows where everybody is on the field, knows that, you know, he gets back and slides out and takes on the ball when a wing back gets beat because they were too far up the field. Um, very exciting to see what this what this man can do. He's only 23 years old, so he's got plenty plenty of time to play at a top level. And he just got his first cap for the South African national team. Um, he's looks like he's got a very, very, very bright future. Can't wait to see him. And one very important thing that I've seen is it looks like every every fan that I've seen uh, that has been talking about him and the signing that comes from South Africa or is a mm. fan of his, his former team, they're sad to see him go because he was so important to their team, but they're also very excited for him to come and play in MLS and get the chance to play in a truly, truly great league. Nothing against South Africa, but it, it's just this league is a bit more competitive. Uh, it's a, it's at a bit of a higher level, but the fans are all excited to see him play at this higher level, and they're they're all very very excited for him, and they're very high on his playing ability, which is always a good sign. Yeah. Well, what's more exciting than all of the Kaiser Chiefs fans wishing him well? It's all of the Orlando Pirates fans coming in to say, "Oh, thank God he's gone." That's the exciting bit. Oh, the rivals. <laughs> yeah, rivals. Oh, yes, the other that's half even of the Soweto Derby are glad that he's gone. That's like all the Cubs. The day the Cubs fans rejoiced when Albert Pujols got signed in LA, mm-hmm. and and they're like, "Thank God we don't have to worry about him. He can't hurt us anymore." Yeah, about that. <laughs> that's a different sport for a different podcast. Yeah. But yes, very very exciting signing. Can't wait to see him play in the City Red. It's gonna be a fun year. Yeah, but on the flip side of that. What I hope is just the best news ever. We have a bittersweet piece of news, which is that Josh Doling, who we did know wasn't re-signed by City when they made their roster decisions a few months ago, who was just amazing for City 2. The day that his friends came all the way to England to see a game, was that was a fun game. But he has signed with New Mexico United in the USL Championship. Absolutely sad to see him go. It's... He's been such an instrumental part of the City 2 team. Um, would have liked to have seen him as, as as an important part of the City team going forward. But, you know, we wish him well. On to greener pastures. And, you know, best of luck to you, Josh. We finally got his name right, too. Yeah, finally. And it's sad to see him 
go, he just didn't seem to really fit the broader picture that Lutz had going forward with this club, but he really earned that professional contract. It's great to see him play with a team that's actually pretty decent. They made the conference quarterfinals this past year, so it's a playoff team in the USL. And Josh Stalling, he at least handled the heat at Cordy pretty well, so New Mexico should treat him pretty well if it's not for the altitude, which is a note specifically given by Mike, who used to live in Arizona. He wanted to make sure we mentioned the altitude in Albuquerque. Yeah, I mean, they always, everyone always says, oh, but it's a dry heat. Dry heat doesn't mean anything if you're, you know, mm. thousands of feet up in the air and there's no oxygen. Well, he still played well in the game against Colorado, against Colorado 1.5. Ah, 1.5, so, yes. <laughs> that game. So, wish him nothing but the best, because that's what he deserves. And I think that really wraps us up for news about the proper team. We have a little bit of news about something very near and dear to my heart, which are the supporters groups for St. Louis City. And first off, I th- everyone, I believe, except for me, because I do not have my address listed on my SeatGeek account, but everyone who had their address linked on their SeatGeek account got a little special gift from the team. And if your tickets are in the supporters section, you got an amazing Christmas card that I believe was drawn by Kiki. I'm not certain about that, but um, it had a little drawing of a bunch of little animals out in front of the stadium, and every supporters group got their own little animal. So Fleur de Noise got a nice big bear playing a bass drum. The St. Louis Santos had a bunny in a luchador mask. And the punks, we cannot decide if it is a badger or a skunk wearing a little denim vest and waving the flag, but we love it either way. He doesn't have a tail, so that leads me towards Badger, but the phrase skunk punk is just too good, so either way, we love it. And on the news of the punks, we do have a end-of-the-year social coming up, not New Year's Eve, but the night before New Year's Eve, this Friday, December 30th, at the Platypus on Manchester, which is just right across the street from Forehands. Nothing soccer-related at all, it's just a free punk rock show. Doors are at 8 p.m., and the disappeared Squint and Breakmouth Annie will be playing. It's three local bands. I'm excited if you are listening to this and you don't have anything going on this Friday, please come out. We would love to see you there. I know I'll be there. I don't think any of the other three members of the podcast will be there, but I will be. Who knows? I might make a surprise appearance. I, 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 I have to figure out what my Friday plans are, but we'll, we'll see. Mm-hmm. But that about does it for City News, Supporters News, and signings and outs uh, for this week. I just want to give, on the behalf of myself, Mike, Mason, and Chris, a very, very wonderful thank you to all you lovely listeners for listening for however long you have been, be it a week, be it a month, be it a year, be it since episode number one. We very much appreciate you for listening to us rant about soccer and all things related to it. We wish you a very, very happy new year, a happy holiday. And we hope you had a happy holiday if you celebrate one that has recently passed. This will be our last episode of this calendar year. We will see you again on in the new year in 2023. And we hope you continue to listen. And so from all of us at the Soccer Capital Podcast, thank you. We appreciate you. Go City. And on a personal note, 2022 has been probably just the greatest year of my life and soccer isn't the only reason why but it's a big part of the reason why i a broken record saying this but i showed up to the very first tailgate in march not knowing anyone and now i'm here and just the friendship the love the warmth i felt from this group and this sound means the world to me 
So thank you all so much for making this year so wonderful. We just cannot wait for what 2023 brings. So stay safe this New Year's. I hope you've been staying warm these past few days. Thank you all so much. Well, that about does it for us. Thank you again for listening. And for Mike, Mason, and myself, I am your resident cave-dwelling hooligan, Sean. And I am an overly emotional sap, Chris. And this has been the Soccer Capital Podcast. Thank you for listening. Bye for now.